Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. If you have your Bibles this morning, um, you're welcome to grab them, pull them out. We're going to look at some passages in the Old Testament, some passages in the New Testament, and I'll just have you follow along if you want to as we get there. I want to preach Christmas message this morning, and I'm going to start this way, and I, I need you to be a little bit engaged here with me for just a moment, if you would. How many of you have a favorite Christmas song? L- let, let me hear it. What, give me some, just shout them out. What's some favorites? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I, I know the phrase. I, yeah. Kyle, what is it, buddy? See, I don't even know that one. All right, that's got to be some new pop song thing, all right? What else? Who else? Who, who has a favorite favorite song? Mary, Did You Know? Yeah. In, Jingle Bells. All right, Jingle Bells is a good one. Who else has a favorite song? What's your favorite song, honey? Rudolph. Yeah, who doesn't love Rudolph? What else? Let me hear. Who's got a favorite song? Man, who said that? Riley, what's your favorite song, buddy? You like Rudolph also. Good for you. My favorite, if anybody cares, my favorite, and my favorite move, my TV show is The Little Drummer Boy. I love that. When I was a little kid, I, it, I never cried, but it made me like really close to crying when that, that poor little boy sheep got hit. And You ever see that? You, you see that, Shelly? Look at her laughing. What a cold heart. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she laughs. No, I, I love that. I love that. And I almost, I almost worked that into my sermon this morning, and I didn't. There are a lot of Christmas songs out there, and, and some of them have biblical meaning, Away in a Manger. Uh, some of them have no Christmas connection, whatever, like Rudolph, Santa Claus is coming to town, probably. Um, there's a lot of them that have no Christmas, no biblical connection whatsoever. And, and they're good songs. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but, the, you know, they're, they're fun, but they don't have a biblical meaning. But then there's some that maybe, perhaps, have a bit of a, a, a hidden Christmas meaning. And I, I want to show you, I've got some slides, I want you to see this this morning. I want to see if this gives you uh, an inclination of a song that I want to talk about for just a moment. Uh, if we can get it up there. There it is. What does that remind you of, anybody? Twelve Days of Christmas, Absolutely. Um, how many of you know this song? All right, I'm going to test you this morning a little bit on this song. Now, let me just give you a little bit of background about, about the song, because this is one we would say typically there's no biblical history to it whatsoever. As I was preparing my message, and I, I got on this thread and, and a little research on this, and, and I found there, there was uh, a, a, some people that have made the indication that this song came out of a time in England when the Catholic Church was not allowed to teach um, biblical principles or teach on the faith uh, because of persecution. So the way they taught their kids was through this song and some hidden meanings. So we're going to take a moment this morning and we're going to see how you do with uh, this song and see what your memory of it is. So let's look at this. On the first day of Christmas... And, and my true love gave to me. And before we get to the first day of Christmas, the idea behind it is the hidden meaning there is my true love gave to me. My true love is God and me is 
Well, me, right? God loves me. God loves me. But here's what I want to know. How many of you remember the first day? Now, don't shout it out. I, I, I don't, don't tell me. Don't say it out loud. How many of you remember the first day of Christmas? My true love gave to me a... All right. If you know, hold your hand. Okay, good. Now, I've got a clue. If you didn't get it, let's see if this helps anybody. A partridge. Now, if you're under 30, you may not make that reference. I don't know. Uh, how, many, how many of you have no idea the, the significance of that? All right. We got a couple under 30 here. Um, the Partridge Family was a show from the 1970s of a singing group, and that's the daughter in the Partridge Family group show. The a Partridge in a Pear Tree, right? How many of you got it? A Partridge in a Pear Tree. All right, that's pretty good. Let's see how you do with a, a little harder one. Let's go to the second day of Christmas. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. How many of you, don't shout it out, but how many of you know, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. All right, a few do, a few don't. Let's, I got a clue for you. Here it is. Two turtle doves, right? Two turtle doves on the second day of Christmas. Now, there is some significance to this. The partridge in a pear tree, I've got to tell you that one. It's the hidden meaning in that is supposed to be Christ hanging on a tree. Supposed to be. The two turtle doves are representative, supposed to be representative of God's giving us the gift of the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay? Some, some, some meeting in there. Let's do another one on the third day of Christmas. How many of you know the third day? All right, a few, a few more. All right, let's get the clue up there. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, right? That's the flag of France, if you don't know. And I have no idea whether those are French hens. Those just are hens, and that was the picture I found with three. So there you go, three French, three French hens. Three French hens, I thought, would make sense, would represent Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would be a way that could go, but actually it's supposed to be faith, hope, and love. And there's some truth there, okay? God absolutely is about faith, hope, and love. Let's do, let's do two more, and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it. On the fourth day of Christmas, how many of you know? Some of you guys really know this song. Listen, okay, just as a side if you have interest in this song for any reason or you're just a weird person like me, there is a really good article on Wikipedia about the 12 days of Christmas. It gives the entire history. It's crazy the amount of information and changes and all the different versions and how it came to be. And if, you, if you're into that kind of stuff, you ought to go look at it. But on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. How many know? All right, good. Getting a few less. Let's get the clue up there. Let's see if this helps. Four birds of calling. Yeah, four calling birds. Four birds of calling, I think is the way it's phrased. And the idea of that is the four gospels calling people to salvation, right? The four gospels. And let's do one more. On the fifth day of Christmas, how many know the fifth day? All right, look at you guys. A bunch of you know this one. All right, I'll bet, I'll bet, I'll bet you didn't think in terms of the clue, though. Look at the clue. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five rings, five golden rings, right? I, 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 did, I did a search for five golden rings, and that's what came up, and I thought, man, that is so appropriate and such a great place to end, right? Now, the five golden rings, the idea of that was it, it's the first five books of the Bible. God gave us Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy to give us his story of creation, uh, his story of love, his story of relationship, the fall, and his story of, of putting into place that which would bring us back into right relationship with God. Now, we're going to stop here this morning, and here's the reason, okay? I hate to disappoint you with this and tell you this, 
but the reality is what I just shared with you is fake news. I know, right? Yeah. Because I, I, I got to researching this, and I got to look in it, because I thought, well, that story is just almost, that's just too neat. That can't be true. So I went back and began to do a little research about it, and it turns out in the, I think the late 1800s, if I remember right, some pastors came up with the theory that that's where this song came from, but they have versions all the way back into like the 1600s. I mean, crazy far back, okay? And it turns out, and there were some other reasons it didn't make any sense. There, it turns out probably this song never had the hidden meaning behind it but it's still a good story, right? It's still a good story. So I thought, all right, we'll, we'll play with that a little bit, but then I want to do something else. I want to talk about another story this morning, and it um, goes like this. Let's see if this clicks with anybody. What does this remind you of? The Grinch. No, that's, that, that's not the direction I was going, but that's good. Huh? North Pole, No. Man, maybe this one was harder than I thought. How about this? I'm dreaming white Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Now, here's the thing about this song. There are some songs, I, I didn't actually get any stories about this one, but this is something that I, I, I believe, and this is a direction I, I think. I think God said this is a good direction to go, so this is what I'm going to do this morning. I, I don't... I don't think there was a hidden meaning here, and there's certainly not a direct biblical meaning here, but sometimes there's unintended meanings. And that's where I want to go this morning for a few minutes, and I want to share with you. There are sometimes unintended meanings behind songs and, and such things. I want you to look at this next picture this morning, and I want you to imagine a, a heart that is just dark and black. If you can imagine that this morning, maybe this idea of I'm dreaming of a white Christmas takes on a different shape. We think I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We think we're, we're looking for snow, right? But then there is the condition of all of our hearts. And every one of us here, we have this thing called, uh, called sin. Original sin, thread of sin, how, however you want to phrase it. But we all have this problem. And it's not a problem that is a black problem or a white problem or a brown problem or a Republican problem or a Democratic problem or a rich problem or a poor problem or a suburb problem or an inner city problem or it's just a human problem. Am I right? It's a problem of sin. And each one of us has running through our heart this, this black thread of sin. Scripture actually calls this out and it puts it this way. Um, in Isaiah, uh, we're told that, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, Through though your sins are like scarlet, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And maybe this Christmas season, as we sing, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, what we need to be thinking about is not snow on the ground, but it's a relationship with God such that Jesus Christ comes and washes away the blackness that's in our hearts and gives us a white Christmas free of the darkness of sin. Now, I think there's a reality here, there's a truth here that, that you all know. I'm, I'm looking around who I'm preaching to this morning, but I, I think sometimes we do well to remember this. There's a cost that comes with sin. 
sin is one of those things that comes with a weight. There are, there's a price to be paid for sin. There, is a, there, 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 are, there are consequences of sin in our life. If you've, if you've lived a life that has been ate up with that darkness for a lot of years and you've seen where it started you and where it takes you, it, start out, it's, it, it starts out making you a lot of promises. Anybody relate to this? Fun, pleasure, friends, wealth, good times, right? All of those things that we all on some level we want, and that's that sin nature in us. We desire those, and sin comes along starting telling us, just do a little bit, and you don't have to go any further. And yet, in the end, sin for all of us on some degree, level or another, it, it brings consequences. It always, always has a price. And sin is one of those things that Scripture talks about in Hebrews. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. There is a weight to sin. I, I, I don't know if you all have ever experienced this, but I suspect that every one of you have. And I can remember growing up, and I can remember as a young man, I can remember as a teenager, our pastor, and hearing sermons about the weight of sin and how when you come to the altar and you come to the place and, and bow a knee and give your heart to Christ and let Him wash your sins away, when you get up, you feel completely different. I used to hear those messages and hear those sermons and, and hear those things preached until the day came where I finally was willing to come to an altar and bow my knee and ask Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin. And you know the amazing thing was? The preacher actually had it right. Because when I got up from that moment of bowing my knee before God and saying, forgive me of my sins, there was a difference. There was a freshness. There was a newness. There was a lightness that I had never had before in my life. Sin really does and is one of those things that brings a weight into our lives. We're told in Psalms, For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And you can take any sinner off the street, any sinner from any place at any age, and there will be a sense in their life where they're having a good time and it's a party and, and life is great and I, I'm so happy I'm doing what I'm doing. But if you can get them alone and you can get them in the still of the night, and you can get them at a time when, when it's just them and maybe God, all of a sudden the reality comes out that it is ever before them and they know there's a cost and they know there's a price and there's a weight that they carry. Many of you get this this morning because you've lived this life until Jesus sets you free. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Maybe it needs to take on a different connotation this year, a different idea this year, other than just, be, just, just a, a, a Christmas with getting up in the morning and there's the beautiful snow. Although we all love the beautiful snow, maybe it needs to take on a different idea. Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 57, The wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. Sin, like the tossing sea, stirs up mire and dirt in our life. It, it, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. And that is the other thing that, that sin will steal from you. It will steal your peace. I remember as a teenager, I lived in a little town in northern Indiana called Napanee. Napanee. I spent a lot of time there as I got to be a teenager and could drive, but me and my buddies, we would get to the place, we would drive to the next town over 15 miles away because we could go over there and those people knew us and we could go over there and cause trouble and get back and get away with it a little bit more. Nobody there knew my dad and my mom. So we'd travel the 15 minutes, 15 miles to the next town 
And I can remember more than one night driving from Bremen back to Napanee thinking, because I knew where my life was. Listen to me, guys. I knew the condition of my heart. I knew I was running from God. My parents, I had good parents. They'd take me to church every week, and I would sit and listen to the Word of God preached, and I would feel the Holy Spirit pulling on me, and I, was th- I would think about eternity and how bad it was going to be. And more than one night, I can remember that moment, those moments where I would drive home thinking, hell's going to be miserable. And the only way I could deal with it, 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 was, it was enough of a thing for me that the only way I could deal with it was I literally had to take a moment and push out of my mind that thought and just refuse to think about it and continue to live my life. Sin will ever be before you. Here's the other cool thing. The Holy Spirit will never let you go. He will continue to work on you and convict you and deal with you. Maybe this idea of I'm dreaming of a white Christmas needs to take on the idea of Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. I think this morning I... uh, I do well to just take this for a moment another direction because I look around this morning at this crowd and I'm thinking to myself, God, most everybody sitting here, they, they understand what I'm saying because they've already had that moment of salvation. And you've already washed their heart white as snow. So let, let me, for, for those of you that are thinking this is a true message, Pastor, but it's not really connecting with where I'm at in my life right now. Let me just touch on another piece of this because sometimes it's not always our sin that causes the problem. Sometimes it's not our sin. Now look, the reality is, let's just be honest here, most of the time when it is our sin, if, if, if somebody would ask us, we'd say, yeah, the reason my life is so messed up or my life is so painful or my life is so full of hurt or my life is so frustrating... Almost all of us, even if it is our sin, we're going to say, well, it's, it's because of, and you could fill in the blank with somebody else's name. Anybody ever done that? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it really isn't our sin. And some of you all are going to understand this this morning because the reality is sometimes it's the sin of our families. Sometimes it's the sin of our friends. Sometimes it's the sin of our nation. Sometimes it's the sin of our leaders. Sometimes, sometimes it's the sin of people we don't even know that causes us consequences. You say, Pastor Barry, I don't know what you're saying. Oh, I don't know. There's been more than one instance. As an example, somebody goes out and decides to drink too much and get in a vehicle and head down the road. And they rarely run into another drunk. They're going to run into that person that is headed home who's had a good night and done nothing wrong. And the sin of the other person they didn't even know costs the person that did nothing a great price. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? If you've got family, if you've got situations in your life where you've watched them, you've watched the train wreck, and it's impacting your life, and it's stealing your joy, and it's taking away your peace, then you understand what I'm saying this morning. Sometimes, sometimes the darkness in our lives and the peace in our lives that's stolen, it's, sometimes it's not even a consequence of our sin. Sometimes it's a consequence of the sin of others. But it's still a consequence. 
David, he wrote about this in Psalms. And let me just share a couple of passages with you out of Psalms. He said this, talking about his situation, and, and see if this doesn't resonate maybe with some of you where you've lived your life. Deliver me from sinking in the mire, he says. Let, let me not be delivered from, or let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. And some of you have been there. Maybe some of you are there because of the choices, the bad choices of others. He goes on and he says this in verse 18, Draw near to my soul, redeem me, ransom me because of my enemies. And this is what I want you to get this morning. This, this is the Christmas story. This is the Christmas dream. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. For some of you, for some it means I'm dreaming of a point where I'm no longer beat down by the weight of sin. But for some of us, it means I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming of a Christmas where I have peace. I have peace. Scripture talks about this. Can I just take a moment and share a little bit of the Christmas story with you? You guys okay with that? Let me just, let me just read the Christmas story and listen to how, how um, the Gospels describe a white Christmas and a peace Christmas. In Matthew, we get this part of the story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. For he will give his people a Christmas that is white. For he will step into the lives of his people and he will take those hearts that are black and that are dark and that are evil and he will wash away the sin and that which was scarlet he will make white as snow. This is Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. It goes on in verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you all understand what, what a big deal that is? Is there anybody here that likes to clean? If you like to clean, put your hands up. Three. I'm going to pray for you, except for Ruthie. She likes to clean, and I'm not going to pray for her because it's my house she cleans. Those of you that just raised your hand, this probably won't connect with you. But for the rest of you, I think this, this, this will. All right? And, and those of you that raised your hand, you can, you, can, you can pretend along. If somebody showed up at your door that was trustworthy and honest and said to you, you know what? God has told me, I would, he, he is, he's instructed me, the Holy Spirit has told me clearly, I need to come to your door and knock on your door and tell you, I want to clean your house every day for the rest of your life. How many of you are in? Absolutely. Even Ruthie raised her hand. She's like, yeah, right? Do you understand what I just read to you? His name should be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you understand God looked down at his creation? He looked down at me. And all my mess, 
And he said, you know what? I want to come to your house. I want to come and live with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to clean up the mess that's in your heart. Now, now look. Some people are able to hire a cleaning service and a maid. Ruthie's always had a dream. She's always wanted me to hire somebody to come in and clean. She's told me that two or three times over the years. And I said it wouldn't make any difference because you'd go back and clean behind them anyway. I understand somebody coming to clean for money. Why did God come and clean? Why did God come and clean up your mess? has to be because he loves us because it can't be any other reason that's what christmas is about i'm dreaming of a white christmas and i'm thankful for a white christmas because god loved me so much that he came and lived in my life in my world became flesh to clean up my mess my mess i'm dreaming of a white christmas jesus came to offer every one of you this morning a white christmas let me, let me just read, and, and, and I'm going to bring this to a close. Let me just read another piece of this Christmas story this morning out of Luke. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Now, now here comes the pay phrase. Listen to this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards man. Now, for those of you that God a long time ago cleaned your heart white and washed it white, I want to say this to you this morning. If you happen to be in a place in your life where you're struggling with no peace because of somebody else's sin, can I just tell you this morning, God wants to give you this year a season of peace for Christmas. And in a moment, I want to pray for you, if you would allow me to. And I'm going to put it this way. Let me just share this story. You say, Pastor Barry, I'm all about, that would be awesome. God, give me a season of peace and all my problems go away. Well, that's not exactly what I said. Sometimes God gives us peace by making our problems go away. But sometimes he gives us peace to go through our problems. We went up last Wednesday, Ruthie and I did, to a funeral of a dear friend of ours. He was 92 years old. He stood with me when I was ordained. Him and Pastor Duke were the two men that I asked to come and stand with me. And uh, COVID had gotten into the assisted living home where he was living. You don't think this is serious? Uh, his daughter told me within three days they lost 20 residents within three days from COVID. 40 became ill and 20 passed away in a matter of three days. That, that just is mind-boggling and heartbreaking. But we went up and we went to his funeral on Wednesday to pay our, 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 just our last respects and be there with the family. And his daughter came to me and she said, she told me this story. She said, when they called and told me that Daddy was, had COVID and, and he wasn't waking up and it was looking really bad, she said, I had a real struggle. She said, I, I was really having a hard time because I wanted to go and be with my father 
They told me I could come, but if I did come, then I had to quarantine for 14 days. So if I chose to go and be by his bedside in those last moments, and she lives three or four hours away, if I chose to go and be with him in those last few hours, then that would mean that I couldn't be a part of the funeral and, and being there for, for, with my family at the end. And she said, I really didn't know what to do. There was no peace. That's what she said to me. She said, that night I went to bed just not knowing what to do, what I should do. But she said, you know, through the night and in the morning when I got up, she said, at some point God just came down and gave me a Holy Spirit peace that it's going to be okay. And she made a choice. It doesn't matter what her choice is. I don't think there's a right or wrong choice there. What matters is God gave her a peace, not from the storm, but through the storm. Right? Now listen to me. I don't know your situation. I don't know your storm. But I know God. And this morning, as we slip into this Christmas season, I want you to know this. Not only does God wash our hearts white as snow, but He gives us peace. And that's part of the white Christmas. The white Christmas we're all, and we all should be, dreaming of. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would, to stand. And I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you where you're at. We're just going to let you stay in your seats. But if you'd bow your heads with me for just a moment, I want to first of all ask this question of you. And every eye closed, just let people have a moment between them and God. But is there anybody here who would say, Pastor Barry, I, I've got, there, there is just sin in my life. And maybe you've never given your life to Christ, but more likely, I think, with our who's here today, maybe there's just something you've let slip into your life and it's causing a problem. There's a thread of black running through your heart or your feelings. And you say, Pastor Barry, I really want God to forgive me this morning, and I, and I want to acknowledge that. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and hold it there for a moment? And you can pull it right back down, and I, I want to pray for you, first of all, if anybody's in that circumstance today. And we all have those moments, don't we? All of us. I see one hand. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Yes. Father, right now I pray over the hands that were lifted. Lord, they don't really need me to pray for them, but I'm going to. And I, I pray this, Lord, that you would, in this moment, in this hour, that you would speak to their heart. and God, that they would, as their heads are bowed, they would bow their heart and repent. Ask you, Lord, to wash away that thread in their heart and help them to step into this Christmas, Lord, with a completely, completely, completely pure and white soul before you. I pray, Lord, today that you would encourage them and strengthen them and let them feel how much you love them. You came to clean up our lives. You gave up heaven to be born in a diaper to clean up our lives. And we thank you for that. We praise you for that. And this morning, I'm going to ask the second piece of this. Is there anybody here who would say, Pastor Barry, I pray for peace in my life because right now I'm, I, I have some struggles, some turmoil that's uh, it's just a hard time right now. I got hard choices. I, if that's you, would you put your hand up and just hold it there? Yes. Let me pray. Father, I pray this morning over hands that are lifted. 
you know the storm. You know the challenge. You know the cause, and you know the answer and the solution. Lord, I don't know those things, so here's my prayer this morning. Lord, may you work, and may you move, and may you act as you see fit and you see best. But I also pray, Lord, however you choose to move and act and work, God, Holy Spirit, right now, will you give peace? Will you speak and just breathe a moment of peace across their heart and their soul that God loves them and God cares for them and God is engaged with them? Father, today I ask you, breathe across them peace. Peace in this season. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's what I'll leave you with this morning as, as we prepare to leave. The story I told you at the beginning was fake news, but all the facts were real. God loves you. He gave his word for you. He gave his son for you. He gave you the gospels to guide and direct your life. The onion rings, that part, I forget that. But the rest of it, it's true. And I want you to leave here this morning remembering that you can have a, you're going to have a white Christmas, and God loves you. And I love you guys. God bless. Have a great, great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.